Gentlemen, welcome to the Alpha M Podcast, the podcast where I talk business, self-improvement, lifestyle, and more. Whether or not it's just me sort of talking, a little bit of audio action for you to enjoy, or me sitting down with a special guest to find out more about the steps they took to become successful. Whether or not you're listening to this on the go, you're sitting at home right now listening, I appreciate your time. And so if you're ready, let's dive in to this next badass episode. What are the leadership qualities you are continuing to work on? Incredible question. But he has a bonus question. Are you considering starting your own line of watches? You've stated that you have a deep love for all kinds of watches. It may be a great way to diversify the enemy product line. The answer is no on the watches because I don't even want to get into that game. And plus, like, I love like other people's watches. And uh, no, but great question. And I know that it kind of makes sense, like, and no, 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 no. I'll let the professionals do what they do and make watches better than I can. In terms of leadership qualities, there are a lot of them that I'm working on personally. I am not the best cheerleader in terms of, you know, in meetings. Like, I, I feel like I need to work on being a better, like, motivator. I pay people really well, and sometimes I feel like that's a lazy way out of, of, of inspiring people, honestly because I know that you know, people wanna be passionate and believe in the company that they work for. Now, I think I do a pretty good job about you know, making sure everybody feels included and, and giving people praise when needed. But in terms of, of being that like leader spearhead, like, like oh, let's go, like, great job team, like, I don't do that really that well. Um, but that is something that I'm definitely working on. Something else that I'm working on is patience. I am not a very patient person and sometimes I feel and I want things to happen faster than they do when the truth is I've got to just trust in the process and allow things to happen. Not saying that I need to just like, like, like sit back and relax, but trust the process, trust the people and, and eventually realize that it will, it will get there. But you know, I'm always working on myself. I feel like I need to do a better job in a lot of different areas of my life if I'm being honest. And a lot of them do tie into my business because my life is my businesses. Why don't you transfer your house building series uh, to the Alpha M YouTube channel to pay for itself? I've been watching you for 10 years. A generation has grown up. Some of us building houses now. So I guess it would be interesting for the majority of your audience. So that's illegal. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, you can't you can't do that. Um, you know, one of the biggest flags that the IRS um, looks for when it comes to like audits is people writing off home offices, right? And the reason is because you know you can only write off a something that you're using exclusively for, like for business. You know, and so if I were to build my house and try to write that off, people, I would have to like use that like exclusively for business. My office, I can write this off 100% because I use it exclusively for business. Now, if I lived in part of it, I could only write off a percentage based on square footage or how much I'm actually using it for work. And so, like I said, back to the IRS thing, one of the big red flags is people get real creative and exaggerate a little bit in terms of how much they are you know, how much they're actually using. They try to write off more of their home than they actually are legally allowed to. And so that is a big red flag that the IRS actually looks out when people are like, hey, I've got a home office. How much of that office or that space are you actually using for your business or for generating the income, generating the revenue? And so just something to think about. But in terms of me writing off my entire business or my house, for my business and transferring it into my business name, unfortunately, I can't. Looking back at P&P, uh, Pete and Pedro, in the beginning, you went on Shark Tank looking for an investor. 
Um, I went on Shark Tank looking for somebody to help me, honestly. It was not about the money. With Shark Tank, it was all about, I don't know what to do. Like, I was really good at like doing YouTube videos and I was growing and sales were, you know, scaling, but it was simply a byproduct of me being a content creator and talking about hair products. It was not that I was doing a good job you know, growing the business and, and leading that business. And I was looking for somebody to help me sort of understand e-commerce, understand, you know, wholesale, understand that business. I needed somebody to help me grow that business. So it wasn't for money. Anyway, back to the question. He says, now with where it is, that would have been a, a bad business decision, I think, because of how much it's grown. Or it might have been a great business decision because there's no telling what would have happened if a shark would have been like, yes, I want to invest in Pete and Pedro, not Alpha M, and we're going to grow this business. Who knows? Maybe I'd be at $30 million a year if I had gotten an investment. So we can't say, you know. Yeah, looking back, you know, if, if they didn't bring any value, then yes, I made a good business decision. He says, when is it a good idea to stick to your business alone and hire people versus look for an investor to help you grow? Do you regret doing this one alone or would the sharks have taken it to a different level by now from where you are? So we kind of have mixed all of your question up into this entire vlog. And once again, it comes down to when is the right time to hire an investor or, or take an investment if the money can help you grow, take it to the next level, it may be a good decision. If the person has resources that can actually help you grow, it may be a good decision. Now, if you have all the answers, if you've got enough money, you know exactly what you need to do and you know where you're going to hire or who you need to hire in order to help your business get to the next level, then it's probably a better idea if money is no question or no object to hire people as opposed to giving away your business for the money. Where is the value? Is the value in just the money? And if it's just the money that you need, then maybe that's, that's what you need to do and get an investor. But if it's a little bit of money, is there a way for you to raise that money without actually going to a, a big investor that's going to basically want more of your company than you just going to the bank or taking money off of credit cards that they're not gonna want any part of your business, you're just gonna have to pay them interest. This is a question that you've got to decide. You know, How are you going to scale your business? Is it through a strategic partner that brings a lot of value and also money? If the answer is yes, go with that. If the answer is not really, they're not really probably gonna bring much value and the money maybe not really gonna help, then hire people to help you grow the business so you don't have to give away your company or business, but great question. Hello, Aaron. With the coronavirus going on, I'm having to close down until I'm able to open back up, hopefully in a few weeks. My question is that I am losing customers and may have to rebuild all over again. And unfortunately, um, in this business, people look at this as a luxury, not as a necessity. Uh, being you had different businesses before, um, have you ever had to deal with this in your past? So to answer your question, yes. I used to be a personal trainer. And after my business closed, while I was trying to figure things out, uh, my business closed in like 2005 or six. And so if you know what happened back in 2006 and seven and eight, um, the recession was, was crazy bad. And so um, I had to deal with a lot of my clients, my personal training clients that I was still like personal training on the side. A lot of them were like, yo, I just can't afford you anymore. And so what I had to do was I had to adapt. I had to either charge them less or I lost people, honestly. And, and for me, it was like some money is better than others, uh, like no money. Um, in terms of, of you losing all your, your, 
your, um, your business, you know, I, yeah, that's, that's, that's tough. Now, when I hear this or when I think about this, I think about what you could be doing. How could you sort of pivot quickly and figure out how to salvage some of these relationships and clients? Whether or not you're doing like Zoom, like the, the platform Zoom, I know that there are a lot of like yoga teachers, a lot of people that are in the fitness space that are utilizing Zoom as a way to sort of connect people. Um, could you offer, you know, individual, you know, consulting or coaching, or could you maybe possibly like go to a park or do some? I don't. I, like, there's got to be a way for you to figure out how to maintain some of these customers as clients. Now, the price might need to go down. You might not need to figure out a different way or mechanism in order to to help them or do different things. But I think there's probably a way that you could manage to salvage some revenue from the situation, but you gotta act. A um, Little bit about my dad, just to tell you um, his situation. So when this all sort of broke in terms of the, the COVID thing and people like all like, like being like, whoa, um, he is a drummer, right? He teaches like, like drumming lessons to, he'll go into schools, he'll go into um, hospitals, he'll do like drumming and, and workshops for like cancer patients and wellness workshops. Well, you can imagine that when they locked everything down, he literally lost every single job like that. And he was really upset, as you can imagine, because that's, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you say, wait, 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 you can't, right? You got it, you got to deal with it. And so what he has been doing, he has been working diligently in the process of figuring out how to offer classes through the internet, through Zoom. Also, he's working on some e-products. And so... You know, it's not instant, it's not like super quick, but we don't know how long this is going to last. And I would hate for you to be like waiting and counting on like, oh, it's only gonna be two weeks or oh, it's only gonna be three and it's six or it's eight or whatever. Worst, you know, who knows what the worst case scenario is. And so what I'd recommend is try to figure out auxiliary ways to make money or to start a club. Maybe you have like a, like a, a membership, like where it's you're part of this and you get this. There are ways for you to stretch your creative juices and figure something out. But in terms of rebuilding, yeah, it's definitely a luxury. You're going to lose some people, but what value can you bring in a time of people being uncertain and scared? Um, because I, I mean, you could do a lot of things like in-home, like, you know, there are things you could do. You just gotta get smart and figure it out fast. What advice would you give other entrepreneurs in regard to business ethics? Most entrepreneurs will be faced with dilemmas at time in which they're not sure uh, what the correct ethical decision is. You have, pro you, uh, you have probably experienced cases like that yourself. How do you usually approach these situations? You said in vlog number one, <laughs> you can go way back, um, that you didn't see eye to eye with your business partner in your first business out of college, and you decided to leave that business altogether. If you're open to sharing, do you think that that was the correct decision for you to make, or should you have tried to work things out with your business partner? Ethics is defined by moral principles that govern a person's behavior or the conducting of an activity. So is ethics is it important when it comes to selecting business partners? The answer is yes. Is it important for you to be an ethical and moral person when it comes to you conducting yourself in life? The answer is yes. But unfortunately, money makes good people do some really bad things. You hear about all these stories about these people um, like Bernie Madoff. There's a, there's, a, there's a series that I love called American Greed. And it is a, it is like each episode is a tale of like somebody just like going off the rails and doing things that are questionable for the almighty dollar. 
Guys, money is not worth you losing sleepless nights. Money is not worth your freedom. Money is not worth you doing crappy things to other people. And unfortunately, when it comes to money, people lose their mind and do some really bad things. So without going into too many details, um, for those of you who've been around the bodybuilding world or the, the fitness world for a long time, you might remember something called like blue nitro, right? It was like a 32 ounce bottle of like this blue liquid. And it was marketed as like a belt cleaner. And the reality is that people would actually take like a little bit of it and drink it and it would give similar effects to GHB or G, which is like a, a party drug or liquid ecstasy. Like there are a lot of different names for it. Um, well, people in the supplement industry used to sell it. It was not like it was not like illegal at the time. But once sort of the government and the FDA sort of figured out what was going on, um, they they cracked down and they made um, the active ingredient in this belt cleaner, which was fearnone dihydro. See, I'm getting all technical here. Um, they made it like a schedule or class, whatever, like, like drug. Um, but what people were doing was going and buying 55-gallon drums of this fear-known dihydro. You want to know what fear-known dihydro really is used for? Stripping boats, like boats, like in the ocean, like cleaning boats. It was a super dangerous, powerful chemical. And what would happen is you can make this stuff at home. You could take one ounce of this fear known dihydro, add it to a bottle, add like 31 ounces of like Kool-Aid or whatever, add a little bit of flavor to it, and, and, and you, could, you, could, you could sell it. And so when it came down that that was going to be not okay to sell, um, my business partner at the time thought, you know what, this is a way to make some, 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 some money because a lot of people in that world were still using it. Um, it was a cheap way to get kind of messed up. And so that was the point at which um, I decided that, listen, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to leave now because, you know, prison was not a place that I wanted to go. I knew that I would be popular, but I did not think I would thrive in prison if you catch my drift. I'd be popular, but, but not somewhere I wanted to go. And so that was the point at which I left because I didn't want to be involved. I knew that it was not worth it. Nothing is worth your freedom. Um, you know, other people that do stupid things like, like cheating on your taxes and stuff like that, tax evasion. People do stupid ass things for money. And when you really boil it down, you just got to figure out, you know, is it worth it? Is it worth having sleepless nights? Is it worth you going to prison, losing your freedom, losing your family, your loved ones? And for me, the answer is no, of course not. For me, it's never been about the money. So the decision has always been super easy, but I see a lot of people that are doing some pretty shady things. Even a lot of shady online, like I think that like, like some of the info products that are out there, I see these people doing some shady things for money. Um, you know, the whole like get rich quick, let me teach you how to, you know, do this and you're gonna be a million dollars, like, like that's, that's some shady shit in my opinion. Now, can it work for a few people? Sure, but is it like, I just, I'm not a big fan of those, those programs, um, getting people together for conferences and having like pep talks to sell them e-products and, and play into people's emotions. I think that's, I think it's, I, I think it's, I, I think they're scumbags. In my opinion, just throwing it out there. Anyway, um, I think that's where we're gonna wrap things up. So that was the situation that happened that caused me to leave the nutrition store. It was a question of, 
it wasn't even a question. It was, it was an easy decision when he decided he wanted to do something and I decided there's no way in hell I'm going to be a part of it. And so I'm out the door. And that was a very good decision for me. I don't know what's happened to him. I've heard some things. He never, you know, got in trouble for it. He doesn't, you know, do that anymore, obviously. Uh, but uh, that business partner's had some tough times from what I understand. And, uh, you know, life's about choices, gentlemen. Life is about choices. Gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you dug it, make sure to drop us a review, also a rating, as this helps the podcast reach more incredible gentlemen just like yourself. And don't forget to subscribe because it's free and you don't want to miss another incredible episode. Guys, thank you so much for your continued support. I think you're amazing. And don't forget how awesome you are.